Shut up and sit down. You got to be relentless. I know you don't understand. How could I spend five grand on a bike? You think that's absurd? Well, there's only one answer, and there's only one word. It's performance. I don't think you understand. Riding with finesse is more than track stands. I got a word of advice for all of you. You are listening to the 54th installment of the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Here is my new tip of the day. Growing old is mandatory. Growing up? Definitely optional. If you enjoy the show, go tell a friend how much you love me. I'm always holding my line. My bike is so light and dialed in just right. I got my seat raised to just the right height so I can... And I need all of you to stop what you're doing. And listen, how you think Seven, I'm in nothing but spandex, cutting through the wind because I'm aerodynamic. And when I slam it, it makes you look inert. Now I'm eating up hills like my name was Eddie Merckx. With my endurance, you don't stand a chance. My cardiovascular fitness levels right up there with Lance. Doing what I Hi, and welcome to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von During, and today I'm here with Lance Epler. It's Lance Romance in the studio today. <laughs> yes, studio. I am in studio. I am in studio yeah. here. You're not welcome. in Utah. Not, not in, in Utah. Idaho. Not in Arizona. I'm right here with my friends. Not yes, in California. For sure. <laughs> we have Evan Price. How's it going? Good. So boring. Yeah. I know. I have to. We. <laughs> We have to have one that's low key. It comes right, right after the high key one. He's our uh, it's token broken millennial over here. Exactly. <laughs> and Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? How are you guys doing? Good. Really they well. are. They're Matt, Those, how how old people, are you turning coming up here? I'll be turning forty. Forty. The Ooh. end of March. The big four yeah. zero coming. Yes. yes. <sighs> I, I honestly thought you were actually like 80? 36 or 37. No, uh, I, I I did not think you were 39. I, I should know this, but yeah. I yeah. You look like you're 37, but you act like you're 39. Okay, what does okay. That mean? Enough about Matt's age, guys. We got something. We got something else. We're not done yet here. We've got a special guest with us today. Today we have Meredith Atwood with us on Skype. Hi, Meredith. This is Jake speaking on the behalf of Meredith. She says hi. More on that in a few minutes. Hello. We're doing well. <laughs> We're doing great. It's better than my intro already, Meredith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and to everybody listening to us live, sorry we are late. Uh, technology has failed us yet once again. And uh, yeah, but we're here and it's all working. And hi, you guys can see us now. Um, anyhow, let's get started with our backpedal. Lance, backpedal for us. How was my week for the last week? Um, I actually took a bit of a down week. I I definitely started to feel the last uh, month oh. and a half of monster training. So Superman finally fell off the perch <laughs> over did, there. Man. I'm not going to say he <laughs> fell off the perch though, because on Saturday he did anything but fall off the perch. Well, so for me, that's that's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we did do a, a team ride on Saturday, and it was 60 or 70 miles, and it was mostly flat. There was was like 25 people or so that came yep. all, all four of us were there mm-hmm. on the team ride yep. and um we went out to uh where there's going to be a time trial um next weekend and so we went out to the course and we kind of pre-rode the course um mm-hmm. together as a team and we um worked the course 
very hard. Much harder than I, I was not expecting that. Which is only like a 30-minute little, yeah. I mean, what is it, 12 miles? 12 really? miles. Yeah, yeah. 12.3. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, like a 30-minute effort. And Did um, not feel little. <laughs> we had we had a B group up, go, out, go out first, and then an A group that tried to chase, chase them the down. Yeah. And the A group just shattered apart <laughs> as it went. Well, the A group, there was, I, I, I got to say this, um, there was eight or nine of us in the A group, mm-hmm. and we... We caught the B group by about the turnaround point. Not me. <laughs> Except <Yeah>. not Matt. <laughs> Matt went out with the B group. But, uh, yeah, stayed away. It, no, there, no was, stayed there, away was, there was eight or nine stayed of us, and we were working actually really hard and um, kind of uh, working through the front and going pretty fast. We were moving 28 or 29 or 30 miles an hour. Um, but then... Probably only seven or eight miles into it, four of us kind of got off the front. It gapped, and we we broke apart the A group. Mm-hmm. So it was me and Jake and Chris Surratt and Sean was with you guys. Sean, Sean that's Martin, right. Yep. I was going to give a huge shout out to Sean today. Oh my that's my gosh. back pedal. Is a shout out to Sean. <laughs> that's the whole back pedal. For so me. the four of us got to the turnaround, and we were drilling it. I mean, we were we were going full gas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And we were constantly rotating. So we weren't just taking pulls at the front. We were constantly rotating. And um, I, this was um, very humbling for me because the last three, four weeks, I honestly, I have felt like Superman. I have felt great. I've been able to pretty much stay almost with anybody. And, and I got dropped by these three guys. You're also on the Jake train. <laughs> the, Jake, the, Jake the Jake train, train was not messing around and on Saturday. I got blasted by the Jake, him. the Jake train was in full force on Saturday. So I was I was feeling very humbled after that. That oh mm-hmm. okay yeah I just got you climbed with me I though. Got blasted. I did. When I was we able to climb with you. When we when we were pushing the pace a little bit up there, you were climbing right with us. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that was probably the highlight of my week. Other than I did get to go play in the dirt with Jake a little bit one day too. Oh nice. So nice. we got out for nice. Yep, went out and got muddy on Friday. Yeah. Last Friday was fun. So it was fun. Evan, uh, backpedal for us. Uh, can keep this pretty simple. I trained a bunch, felt good. Um, Saturday hurt because I was not expect. I was like kind of still a little bit like tired Saturday, and I'm thinking like, okay, we're doing a course preview. I'm thinking that's like a preview to the actual effort that we're doing, not like a full gas effort the it whole It was full way. gas. <laughs> so I think I took a pull and a half. Sean came by me and. Sean was dropping the hammer on that, on those flat sections. Yeah. I mean, he, God, good job, Sean. Like, that's just a massive shout out to him. And then, yeah, I basically, I couldn't feel my legs till we started climbing again. That was the only time I felt like my legs came back and I was fine. But (laughs) God, yeah, if we had done another segment of that, I wouldn't have been anywhere near you guys. So, yeah. It was fun. The group is hammering. The California group is absolutely hammering it. Yeah. Evan, uh, for you know, our new listeners or whatever, you're a professional triathlete. You do a lot of work. How many, how many hours did you put in for the week? You know, probably before Saturday, you were, you had maybe a little bit more mileage than the rest of us. Before he gives you that number two, let's not grace or gloss right over what you did yesterday. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) That was, I I threw up in my mouth a little bit when I saw that post up on Strava. I don't even even know what you did. You know what the sad thing is, is that I don't think I could tell you how many times I've done a trainer century. 
He oh, sat I've done, on the freaking trainer for over five hours yesterday <laughs> yeah. and did a century. Did you, buddy? But, but this was a PR actually for me for trainer power for a century. So I put out about 210 oh for, for the whole workout oh there. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So that wow. was... There's no reprieve in there. I know. I mean, oh, you probably terrible. stopped to use the bathroom and th- that was your Once. reprieve. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the only break this that your is, legs got. Th- Did you th- wear a diaper and just go in the... I should have. Uh, I should have. <laughs> of course, people are calling us right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That, well, th- this is also how I do my fat metabolism training, though, is so I only drink maybe two bottles of water and no food during it. Right. But, but I've done this type of training in the past. It's not right. weird for me. Um, but yeah, it, it, it never gets any more comfortable. Like it's <laughs> it's still you're sitting on a trainer for five hours and 15 minutes. Did you watch a movie or something? I watch a lot of YouTube videos. Okay. So I watched like two full ITU races, a bunch of random music albums. And you should watch my channel. I, I actually, so I watched both of your new videos okay. like four times. I just kept on cycling through. So, so I, I could tell you most seconds yeah. of that. Yeah. I felt like I was in California Perfect. with you. But yeah. Um, Lance I, was, Lance did, Lance made it. did you see my backflip in I the did. second video? I did. I like it. Yeah, yeah. That was impressive. I was like, how do I fit this in? But yeah. Um, so yeah, this, this last week for me was 20 some K in the pool, 70 miles running and over 13 hours on the bike. Oh so. my goodness. That's crazy. And I'll be doing that for a little bit, but a long I mean, time. Yeah. It's, I think you're doing great though. I mean, yeah. you had, you, I had feel a little okay. down, you had a down week, you had, you're running really well. So mm-hmm. yep. It's time to, impressive. time to start. Ha- the, the, the problem for me is each time I show up for a dialed ride, my legs have got to be ready to go. And it's hard for me Saturday, Sunday to like, like once um, the day's going, I feel good, but like, God, you guys like hit it from the start and it is like, right. It is tough for me to get the legs going to to hang with you boys. So I think, I think it's good for you to put that kind of pressure oh, it on is. without it without is. feeling yeah. ready for it. No, you're like I yeah. like that was these these Saturdays are going to be me just getting there and being like, all right, it's time to hang on to the Lance and Jake train. So yeah, <laughs> he did not say Matt train. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. When I this when is, I got dropped from that front group, Matt picked him up. He, he jumped on. That's riding group. stronger now than he is. Yes, he is. he's riding he is. really good. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, I want to hear from Meredith. Actually, Let's do uh, yeah. So Meredith, Meredith Atwood. If if you guys are not familiar with her, um, probably a lot of our listeners are familiar with you, uh, just because you've been writing about triathlon for a long time. Your website <laughs> is swimbikemom.com for people to go and check out and read more about it. But um, you have super big news, right? Like you have a book coming out. Did you get an advanced copy of this? I know like, but this week is, you know, the backpedal. Oh, Hey, this is Jake again. And I wanted to let you know that we had another slight technological challenge with Meredith's feed. Uh, We had a USB port go bad on us. And through that process, something kind of went sideways, but we did fix it and only managed to lose 15 seconds of the conversation we had with Meredith. In those 15 seconds, um, she informed us that she is releasing her second edition of her book, Triathlon for the Every Woman, which was originally released in 2012. Her connection is perfect from here on out, so enjoy her and the rest of the show. Stores and all of that, so. That's really, so yeah. tri- Triathlon for Every Woman, Meredith, is that, yeah. is that what it was called? Very cool. Yeah. That's triathlon exciting. for the Every Woman. For, for the, the Every Woman. For the Every Woman, got it. Yeah. I am excited to pick this book up. For sure. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'll read it, but also, like, maybe I can convince my wife. I, my wife can do triathlon. She's a very good athlete. She has done triathlons in the past, but I sometimes think, like, there are parts of it that are still very daunting. So, 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I wrote this book um, coming off of my first half Ironman. So I no, in no way was an expert. I was very close to how terrifying it all was and all of Mm -hmm. the wounds were still very fresh. And so when I wrote the first edition, I, I wrote it as very much a beginner. And so going back through it this time for the edit, I just couldn't believe all the details I had for things (laughs) like, what do you pack in your gym bag? You know, just, it's really, the book breaks it down and it's a non intimidating Bible. It's a nice big book that brings a lot of comfort, <laughs> I think, because you can just stuff it under your armor and be like, there's got to be something in here that will help me. We need to, <laughs> we need to pass this around. Mer- Meredith, we have a, a, a triathlon team that is quickly growing, uh, the dial triathlon team. And we do have a lot of, of, a for, I think first time triathlete women this yeah. season, especially. Yeah. So yeah, this, Absolutely. this book will be passed around our team. I am sure. Well, I am glad to send you guys some copies to give away too. Awesome. So, oh, thank just you. let me know. So <laughs> Meredith, now you're doing some CrossFit stuff too. How was your week this week? Oh, so yeah, right now is the CrossFit Open. So for anyone who doesn't know, there's that's the yeah. yearly mm-hmm. like event where everyone competes in the same workout for the week. Like all amateurs and pro, I guess, I don't pro CrossFitters. I don't even know. I'm such a newbie. But um, yeah, my daughter's really into CrossFit. She's 10 and I've been doing <sighs> some like figure bodybuilding type workouts and so I haven't been doing the CrossFit workouts very much and so I thought I would just throw my hat into this open and see where I fell (laughs) so wow interesting this week i ripped my hands open but um you know it's it's fine it's all it's all about the glory i think i think the the the, the, the hand ripping open is like almost just a a rite of passage into crossfit isn't it gosh i don't i don't know what's wrong it's always my palms it's never like the big calluses near the fingers i'm used to Mm -hmm. those i know you guys probably have them cycling um but the palms always go on me it's disgusting yeah and then you just walk around like you know stigmata for a week (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you've got Terrible. a you've got a past that kind of parallels the the crossfit stuff you were a junior national olympic champion olympic yeah. weightlifting champion yeah, weightlifting yeah. i did oh, weightlifting from the age of 13 to about 19 and then um i competed on the national international level and then i proceeded to become a world champion in beer drinking and pizza eating <laughs> and much parenting more important title yeah <laughs> after that and did absolutely nothing for pretty much a decade until i found triathlon yeah very cool so what brought you to the triathlon then just from that i mean that's obvious that really does not parallel the the, no. the weightlifting world i was gonna ask that right. same question yeah. based on what i was reading about her that she had a completely impacted life so i and she, uh, just tell us how did you yeah. get there yeah so it was basically cookies cookies brought me to triathlon <laughs> because i was about 250 pounds with two kids under the age of two and I was working as an attorney in this law firm, and I got an email that we were having a lunch and learn. And I always went to those things because they had amazing cookies. <laughs> and this particular lunch and learn, I got in there, got my sandwich, my like six cookies, and plopped my fat butt down and prepared to eat. And then I looked up, and it was a gym membership pe- like sales team there ready to sell us all gym memberships. <laughs> They and were thought, give, oh, oh, that's geez. an evil sales pitch. It was <laughs> Oh my God, that's and a terrible sales pitch. <laughs> yes, it really was. And I'm such a people pleaser that, of course, I walked out of there with a membership and a gym bag <laughs> and thought, well, here I go again. Because, I mean, I'd been trying to get my act together for a really long time. And with two kids that are babies and a, yeah. you know, a legal career in this commute, it, it just... <laughs> 
I don't know what I was thinking, but I went home and I told my husband I'd join this gym. And he looked at me, and he's not a cruel guy, but he just looked at me in the same way he'd been looking at me for the last year when I was trying to, you know, get going. And he's like, okay, well, <laughs> good luck. And, you know, I just, I waddled into the gym the next morning at, at 5.30 in the morning, and it was quiet, and my commute was easier. And I walked into the spinning class, and before I knew it, I was, sitting on the teeny tiny seat and hurting and crying. <laughs> I started crying, which was great. And it just was this moment where I thought, and the spinning instructor said something that was, you know, sort of cheesy, but it really impacted me. He said, today's the first day of the rest of your life. And then I cried harder. And mm -hmm. it, it just was this moment where I thought, you know, I can do better than this 250 pound cookie seeking attorney. He's very angry and out of shape. I mean, I used to be an athlete and it, that was yeah. where it started. And I just, I kept going to this one spinning class for over a year. And at some point I approached the instructor and I said, Hey, I need you to help me. Cause I thought he would just like make me skinny because he was skinny. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out he was a cyclist and an Ironman and all this. And he goes, well, you want to do triathlon, right? And I looked at him and I was like, oh, no, that's I just thought like you could make me skinny. He said, you know, you could do a triathlon if you wanted to. I see how hard you work in this spinning class. You yeah. could do a triathlon. And I thought this man is he is gorgeous, but he is crazy. <laughs> and um, but, so, you know, I, I call what he said to me a strange permission, because mm -hmm. in that moment he gave me this strange permission to try something new. And I did, I went out, it, it was probably six weeks later and I did my first triathlon. It had a pool swim and a, you know, I had my, this old rusty bike oh, wow. and I fell and crashed in transition <laughs> and it was terrible. I didn't, I mean, just, I was, it was the worst experience in my life, but it was the best because I came out of that race thinking if I just did that, I can do anything. Yeah. And so from there it, it, it just grew and I started writing about it. And, um, I thought, you know, if I can give women this strange permission that, that yeah. Jerry, my spinning instructor gave me, then I think it's a good thing. And so that's kind of what, where it all started is I tell women they can do this and they look at me like <laughs> I looked at him and <laughs> then they go do Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's also Meredith hearing that that your first race was a disaster because I think oh, yeah. a lot of people getting into triathlon picture this like right. magic it's almost like falling in love with like Prince Charming it's like you yeah. expect that first triathlon to be incredible and it usually sucks I know oh. like it does do you know anyone and that I just wrote an article yeah. for um, Triathlete Magazine where I said the biggest thing that's going to get in the way of your first race is thinking about your first race. Yeah. You just need yes. to like not worry about that. Just just the train away, and yeah. then go do yeah. it and pretend it never happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's I've I've yeah, I've never met anybody who did their first yeah, triathlon and was race. like, oh yeah, I killed it. Did awesome. Everything went <laughs> oh, perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> my my first triathlon race, I actually I probably have told the story before. But I drafted a guy for like five oh, I miles because I didn't this, even yeah. know drafting was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> just having, hey, this is easier right behind this guy. <laughs> Stupid. I think a problem awesome. though for the uh, the athlete that's maybe <clears throat> paralleling the uh, the course that Meredith took to get there would be that you come from a background where you're uber competitive, mm -hmm. uber competitive, and then all of a sudden all of your athleticism is gone. Then you come back and you do yeah. your first event, and you're like, my mind is still super competitive, and there's that that big buildup of <laughs> yeah. tension, mm -hmm. and I got to go out there and compete and, and perform, and people need to 
you know, put that yeah. aside, you know, just go out there and yeah. enjoy, take it all in and, and yeah. learn from it. So Mer- Meredith, did, did you find, and this is, you know, I've, I've met actually some weightlifters and bodybuilders who come into triathlon and they seem to do very well. Mer- did, did you see that a lot of your consistency and work ethic with weightlifting really translated very well over into the triathlon world? I think the only thing that translated for me was my work ethic um, mm-hmm. because the, there was no like physicality that's yeah. left. <laughs> like now, you know, I can say, yeah, I've got some muscle. It translates to the run. But yeah, I mean, definitely the work ethic um, translated. I knew that sports were painful and I knew right. that there was um, a strong mental component. The, the nice thing about triathlon versus weightlifting is, is you have about one second to get your weightlifting game right. You know, you yeah. walk out onto the platform, you've got one second to move that weight. Anything in that second, any error, and it's over. And that's why I like Iron Man so much, because you got like 17 hours to yeah. get it right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got all this time, all day long. I don't I um, do not do well with five-second pressure. I need, I need it yeah. stretched out over hours. <laughs> and, and that's what I try and tell women. They're like, oh, I just, you know, I can't, I can't go do this. And I'm like, you have three hours. You have five hours, depending <laughs> on what race. If, you, if you're doing a local sprint, you have until you're done. Yeah. Just go, go move forward. Put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And we just put so much pressure on ourselves you know, endurance sport. And and it's kind of funny to be like as slow as I am in a sport based on speed. But I mean, when you're trying to better your life and, and to, to start out and do something that's really, you know, bold and daring, it's really not about speed. It's about putting yourself out there and everyone out there would like to be faster, everyone, Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily the goal of, especially someone coming into the sport, say a new mom in her late twenties or early thirties. I mean, it's just, everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. You gotta, you gotta just just start where you are. How do you, how do you get people over that though? Because that's such a hurdle for people to get off the couch or turn off the TV or actually start doing something. I mean, well, I think, I think a lot of it has the success I've seen has been because I just showed my story. Um, in 2014, I was racing beach to battleship, which was before Ironman made the purchase for that iron distance event. And I was out Mm -hmm. there racing in this and well I say racing I was on the like mile 16 of the run walk yeah (laughs) and this Mm -hmm. woman came out of nowhere and grabbed my arm she was a spectator and she goes what are you doing and I'm like what do you what do you mean she's like you're you're doing this and I said yeah (laughs) do you not smell me I mean look (laughs) yes I'm in spandex but she goes I just can't believe it and you know, I was bigger, way bigger than I am right now, but I was a big girl out there doing it. I finished sub 15 that race. And I think people seeing me do it and me tell the story. Yeah. I crashed in transition. I, you know, fell on the run and, um, you know, pooped my pants (laughs) (laughs) and and you you tell that and then people go, well, gosh, she, she literally did that. And if you're, if you're you're not peeing or pooping yourself, you're not even really doing an Ironman, you know, it doesn't even count. If you didn't do that at least once. <laughs> right. I mean, and it's the same way I, th- I, I try and tell people who say, well, well, how do you get your children into sports? Well, they, they're watching you. You mm-hmm. can't force your kids to do sports. You've either been gifted a kid who likes athletics or they don't. But if they see you being healthy and they see that you can do these things at whatever size you are, at whatever level you are, then they're more likely to try. And that's I think that's mm-hmm. been the whole 
pull with Swim Bike Mom is, is women have seen me. And most, you know, 79% of women out there look better than me out there on the course. And so I always joke that these women will run by me going a nine minute mile and they're like, swim bike mom, you inspired me. And then they're gone. <laughs> and I'm like, well, screw you. Because <laughs> you know? they're just flying by. And uh-huh. but as women, you know, I think we're just our worst, our own worst enemy. And just to see someone out there that that's doing it, um, I, I think that makes a difference. I think the, the courage it takes to show that kind of vulnerability uh, is very inspiring to people for mm-hmm. sure. And I'm sure that's why you're so popular because yeah, yeah. of being able to share yeah. that vulnerability and know that, Hey, anybody can do this. Yeah. yeah. That's you know, well, you I, know what it is. I think, I think people call it vulnerability, but I think what I was actually doing when I wrote was I was looking for some other voice in the woods to shout back. I'm here too, or you're okay, or this Mm -hmm. looks like fun. Because when I started in like 2010, there just really wasn't a lot of people like me out there doing triathlon. And I think now it's easy to tell the stories, but back then I just wanted someone to say, oh, I'm watching you, what you doing? (laughs) I want to do that Mm -hmm. too. And it became, I think it is vulnerability, but it's almost just looking for for community for someone else who feels the same way, who felt like a terrible mother that day and then got on their bike and felt like a better, better mother, which is quite the opposite of what I think our society wants us to believe. Yeah. Yeah. There, you know, Meredith for, for me, it was, um, when I was, I think I was 19 when my mom did, uh, her first Ironman, which was at Louisville. And I remember, you know, we were at the finish line when the pros were finishing, which was great, you know, to see, you know, how fast those guys are and all that. But for me, the part that actually really changed my outlook on the sport was when we were there the last hour of people finishing. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you've, you've been there and experienced that finish line when it's, you know, there's like 30 minutes left and you got some people crawling across that finish line in their seventies or people yeah. who, you know, mothers who have just had children and are there, or, you know, the, the, the 280 pound guy coming across the finish line. Like those are the ones to me that if people want to get inspired to be in the sport, just go to an Ironman and just watch the last hour. Yeah. And you'll realize you're like, Oh, I can clearly do this. Like, yeah. you know, there's, you got the 82 year old, like limping across the line, which is just awesome. So, <laughs> and yeah. if I'm racing it, then that's when you'll see me. There <laughs> you go. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> and that's bonus. just, I think, I think that's, that, that's the part that you're, you're right. It's, it's, it's realizing that, okay, I'm not isolated in this. There's other people just like me that can cross that finish line. So. Well, in, in Lake Placid in 2015, I just had a terrible race. I got nailed in the head and the swim and just was out of it half the bike. And I ended up having to walk the entire marathon because I had two massive foot pad blisters that were just oh. done. Oh. And I knew if I ran, they were just going to tear. And I was like, I can walk this. I walked like a 16-minute mile. And um, this this girl came up to me. I think there were two miles, three miles left. And she's like, oh, you're swim bike mom. And I was like, yes. And she goes, oh, I'm just so thankful for you. And then I burst into tears. <laughs> and I told her, I was like, I can't do this. Please stop saying how inspirational I am. Because like all day, we're like, oh, you're so great. And she was like, no, it's okay. And I cried for, I swear, a mile with the with, with this girl and I said and I finally got myself together and I said Can, don't tell anyone okay <laughs> 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 and, I was crying. and then I go on to tell my that reputation. story yeah, you go. Yeah. Uh, the 
was I was so close to the clock on that when my Garmin had died and I didn't know where I was time wise. I just could hear Mike Riley and I knew I had two miles left and I, I came in with like 16 minutes to spare. But um, yeah, that's where all the heart and soul and, and not to say all the heart and soul because that's not true. But that's where a lot of the, the, the war wounds and the, the real majority of it are. is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a, a thing that you've kind of hung yourself up um, with. uh I am relentless. I am worthy and I am blessed. How did, how did you arrive there? Oh, um, I guess just, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Did I say that? No. Um, you know, I think it's kind of a reminder, um, to myself, you know, relentless, just, I, I made that my word. I want to, I want to say like in 2016, because it just has such a power that no matter what happens to you to just say, I am relentless. I mean, if that's just your mantra, it's really hard to go, eh, I'm not really going to do that because you're like, I'm, I'm relentless. I can keep going. I can overcome. I've had like a really tough couple years. And for me to stand in that truth as, you know, no, I'm never going to be, uh, you know, a sub <laughs> 14 hour Ironman. I'm never going to, maybe I'll, maybe I'll never do a sub 15 at this point, but I'm relentless. And I know that if I drop into a race, I will finish it. And that's all I set out to be is to start what I finish and to keep chipping away at the goals and to be able to do that. That makes me mm-hmm. blessed. And to be able to, to say that I'm worthy of the time and the dedication that I'm willing to put into something. I mean, that's still hard. It's still hard to, to step into that worthiness, but you know, the more you set goals and accomplish them or help your family accomplish their goals, I think it's easier to say, you know, I am worthy of, of this. And so, yeah, I guess that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's good stuff right and, there. And, you know, going into uh, Mer- Meredith, you're, you're, you're bringing up your, your family and kids and uh, being the one person in this conversation without children, I'll speak from <laughs> the child's point of view here. So there, uh, you, you know, I think it's, it's, you can tell your kids as much as you need, but I know for me, it was never what my mother actually told me. It was always watching what she actually did. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure you, you realize that impact on your children, but I think I'm sure years and years from now, you'll, you'll, your, your, your children will tell you that, you know, I've, I got my work ethic from seeing, you know, what, what you did. So I hope so. Or they'll be like, she's crazy. I mean, mostly that. Oh, my, <laughs> One or the other. my mother's absolutely <laughs> let bat crap crazy. I, I will absolutely say she's a crazy person, but yeah, that's, it was, it was definitely, you know, watching those finish lines for years and years is what inspired me for sure. Yeah. And my daughter has, I mean, she's all into it. She's, she's picked up the flag with athletics and my son has rejected it wholeheartedly. And so the conversation with Give him, him years, is, yeah. um, yeah, like he's re- total rejected it. He's his, he did a couple of triathlons and he said they were the worst days of his entire life. You know? and he's like, he's like, you've ruined my life, mom. And so, but what he's learning and what, you know, we set up in the house is like, look, you don't have to do a sport, but this is about health and mm-hmm. you have to move your body, whatever way you choose. I don't care, but you're yeah. going to, you're going to move your body. You're going to go outside or you're going to get on the treadmill or you're going to get your butt on the rower, whatever, because it's about health. And, and that's where I lost my way as a teenager and well into my thirties before triathlon and long, long into triathlon really 
is that exercise was always about aesthetics. It was always about mm-hmm. shrinking my body, not growing my soul mm-hmm. and, and not making me a better person. And so that's really the lesson I, I try and impart on, on the kids is like, look, it's, it's about sunshine and, and yeah. feeling better and not about changing your body, even though it is. But, you know, yeah. I, think, I think if you can teach a love of movement early, that, that's where the gold is. Definitely, definitely. That is, um, yeah, that's good. If you could describe for us an average day in the life of Meredith oh, Atwood, yeah. I would be very curious 24 to see. hours in the life. I love <laughs> what, these What is that videos. like? <laughs> You've got so many things going on. I'm I know. curious. You are super busy. Uh, everyone's busy. And, and busy is a code word for not wanting to deal with our real life. <laughs> exactly. But, um, you know, my, so Meredith Atwood today is a lot different than the one who, who was an attorney and, and, and doing all these other crazy things. But life right now is, is pretty, pretty quiet. Um, I woke up at, at three 30 this morning, <laughs> Yeah, wow. not willingly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but I get, I try to get up early and you know, people say that, but I, I really do. I try to get up no later than five 30, but honestly, 4am, if I can do well on that sort of rest, I, that's, I get the most done from 4 a.m. to when the kids get on the bus at 8.15. So my morning is is wake up. I've started meditating. Anyone that listens to my podcast is laughing right now because I have been resistant, like <laughs> really angry about meditating. And I'm meditating. I'm on day three. You can tell I'm really relaxed. How, <laughs> how do you... Loving. Like what's your, what's your process? Like, how do you go and meditate? Are you using it? Okay. So I'm actually doing an online course. I interviewed this woman, Emily Fletcher, who's the founder of Ziva meditation. And she gifted me her online course and I'm on day three and I like it, but I'm, you know, I got it like two more weeks to go. I usually make it to like day five and then I quit because I determine (laughs) it a waste of time, but I'm really giving it a good college try. So right now I'm waking up and I'm meditating and then I try and, and write something before the kids get up, whether it's Mm -hmm. an article I have due or, um, just some sort of thoughtful something just, just to keep, cause writing is a habit. Anyone that wants to be a writer, you just have to write it. It, It's not about editing. It's about just getting the thoughts out of your head. So I write, I, and then I do the mom stuff for, for, you know, school get lunches, up. get them on the bus, breathe a sigh of relief, pray it's not a snow day. And then I go, <laughs> go work out and then come back and either write or podcast, um, answer emails, do all that. And, um, you know, I just turned in my second book manuscript, which is coming out in December. So right now is kind of a weird time. Um, day in the life of me is just a lot of writing and a lot of isolation um, we recently moved from Georgia to Kansas, and we're going to be moving Ooh. from Kansas to Massachusetts in the yeah. summer. Oh, wow. <laughs> so where, where there's that, too. It's just a lot of just, you know, there's a lot of um, interesting stuff kind of swirling around right now. Um, it's it's kind of quiet, but very um, introspectively busy. Yeah. I have a lot of go, a lot of things brewing, but nothing happening, if, <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> How's the how's the training in Kansas? I'd imagine um, there aren't well, too many mountains. So snowy right here. I mean, we moved here January first, and it's uh, been I don't even know how much snow. I mean, there's snow on the ground right here, um, but it's very windy. I can't imagine being on a bike here. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got to be crazy. But uh, lucky for me, I'm very robust, so I don't blow over easy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's so. So where where in Kansas are you? 
Um, I'm in Overland Park, so it's a oh, suburb okay, yeah. of Kansas City. Although mm-hmm. apparently people in Missouri get mad when you say Overland Park is a suburb of Kansas City, Missouri, because there's like border wars here. And I didn't know that. <laughs> and I said that once and, and people like it was like, you know, the record label went and everyone in the restaurant turned. I was like, oh, I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that I was in a border war. But I'm technically in Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Middle America gets a little bit protective over those lines there. <laughs> yeah. Good thing we're not staying long. I mean, I'd hate to like really cause trouble here. Yeah. So we're sitting at a table divided here, and I got a question for you. Of the three disciplines in triathlon, which is your favorite? Uh, Cycling. Yes. Yes. It really is. Um, swimming is my best. It's swimming is effortless. I I'm, have a lot of fat. I float. It's easy. Um, but cycling, yeah, that that meditation of being on a bike when you were, and I forget who, I think it was Evan, you talked about mm-hmm. your trainer century. Um, and, and people say, oh, that's just the worst. How do you get on the bike trainer? How do, yeah. I mean, to me, it was always about, you know, putting in that work, but also that's medi- that's meditation. I couldn't agree with you. I, I, I have told some, some people this, they asked me, cause I used to have a treadmill that just faced a wall. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I would just run facing a wall and people were like, I think you're a psychopath. That's the weirdest thing ever. I was like, no, that's actually it's movement meditation, I guess. Yeah. I, you I are that's a how I started. When I started with, when You're the kids right. were little and I had yeah. this treadmill that faced the wall and I had, and I would put my dream board up there and I had a oh, picture of Tori awesome. spelling and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even to this day, I love Tori spelling. I see her on yeah. Facebook. I'm like, oh, I love her. And everyone's like, I hate her. I'm like, I don't know why I love her, but now I just remembered. Did, didn't you have a spelling on your podcast? I saw Randy. I did. Spelling. I had her brother and yeah. now I have one degree oh. of separation. There you go. <laughs> did you, did you tell him that you, st- <laughs> you stared no, at Tori on the wall for hours? <laughs> I'm waiting for that one to like, you know, need it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you're, you're, you're right. There, there is that, that meditation aspect to it that, that I really do enjoy. Yeah. And especially being outside, which I, I mean, I haven't really done the really long rides, but I mean, when I was training for Ironman, I would go out and do a, a century, a hundred miler by myself. And it would take me all day because I'm not putting the speed or the watts out that you guys were. But, you know, seven, six, seven hours with rest stops on a bike. Um, when your yep. kids are that's four and five, time, that's like yeah. a vacation. <laughs> that's a good point. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always true. joke I started triathlon to get away from my kids. And, um, you know, it's partly true and partly not. And And some people think it's funny and some don't. But. It's true. Every, parents are so deserving of getting away from their kids and mm-hmm. <laughs> taking time for their health. And, and that's what I just chose to be on a bicycle or some moms chose to do whatever, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a whole lot better than some of the other options you could be doing there. So, right. Yeah. I know there, there, <laughs> there does seem to be that stigma with I, I hear people say this all the time whenever, you know, somebody will talk about their training and what they're doing. And there's this like response from people who aren't in endurance sports like this gut response that's like oh wow like where do you find the time to hang out with your kids it's like this like judgmental yeah, first yeah. reaction oh, yeah. and to me i, I used there, to get it all the time yeah, yeah. and i and, and i sit there and think i was like my mom did ultra marathons and triathlons through my entire childhood and was always present and she was more yeah. present because her downtime wasn't sitting there watching tv so and look, yeah. how, right. and look how you turned out yeah, yeah, completely normal and absolutely fine over here. Yeah, <laughs> he stares at he stares at walls. <laughs> yeah, I took a lot of heat. I got a lot of hate mail. Um, Did you really training for Iron Man with my kids? Because I think my first one, they were three and four or four and five. They were yeah. little. 
Um, but I still hold to this day. That's the time to do it. Yeah. I mean, now that they're 10 and 11, I can't, I can't even imagine trying to yeah. do it now, but yeah, I always kind of fired back, you know, you women who are standing there hovering, helicoptering over your children, you're not doing any good. You're not really there. You're just manipulating them and, yeah. you know, marionetting them through life. You're, you're not yeah. actually present. Yeah. I got you know, to make plenty go of mistakes. Go ride your bike and then come back and be <laughs> present. Yeah. <laughs> so another quick question for you. Um, what's something that you're most looking forward to this year? I am looking forward to walking into a bookstore and picking my book up off the shelf. Yeah, that that's I have, awesome. I was always a nerd. Yeah. I love libraries. I love books. And literally, if I could think of my first dream, it was to have a book in, in the bookstore. And this is literally happening on Tuesday. I already called the Barnes & Noble here. <laughs> so dumb. But I didn't want to like take my kids in there and be like, where's my, where's my book? Mom's book's not here. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not... It's, it's just this small dream that that's happening and just to, and I've held the book, the book's great. It feels good. But to walk into a bookstore and know, I mean, I wrote that book triathlon for the every woman, because when I started triathlon, there was not a book out there that spoke to me. There were books about mm -hmm. triathlon and you picked it up and it said week one, run three miles. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> what the hell run three miles? <laughs> and, um, you know, so I wrote that book because I wanted any woman that walked in that was feeling fat, sad, isolated, angry, alone, and didn't, and just wanted a change. She can pick up that book and go forth. And so I'm really proud that that book is going to catch the eye of people that walk by it. You know, it, it's yeah. been out mm -hmm. there, but to literally be in a bookstore with your, you know, I, I picture this mom, she's got her whining kids in, in a stroller and her husband's mad. He's over in the other aisle <laughs> in the bookstore <laughs> looking at self-help or whatever. And she just wanders by the sports aisle and she sees this book and I just want her to pick it up, you know, because mm -hmm. it, it can change everything. Learning how to step into those kind of dreams, even when you're not athletic. That's what I'm looking most forward to this year. I just, I, I hope it makes a difference. <laughs> that did, sounds egotistical, it, but I'm just really proud of it. <laughs> no, that's, 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 but you know, it's, it's Meredith, I would say at basically any start line you get on this year in a triathlon, I bet you could look around and you're probably the only one who has a book in Barnes and Noble uh -huh. that everybody <laughs> in that start line could go buy. That's pretty cool. So, <laughs> How did it feel when you got your advanced copy? Because that was this week, right? Yeah, yeah. It was great. So I got a reading copy, which you learn so much when you're in published, sure. when you get actually published. I got this reading copy they sent me like six months ago. And and I was like, oh, it's so small. Like it felt skinny. My other book felt like a Bible. And I was like, oh, they, mm. you know, I knew we cut a lot and changed a lot, but it just felt so skinny. And then this last week I actually got the publication copy and it's nice and fat and I don't know what they did to it. <laughs> I don't know if like the print got, I think the print got bigger, but yeah, I mean, just, just to hold it. And, um, it, it's, it's a pretty book too. And the cover feels good. You know, when you get a cover, it's kind of creepy yeah. and you're like, uh, mm -hmm. like this cover feels good. So it's, yeah, it's That's pretty really cool. cool. That is, that is. Well, you are, you are officially the only author on this podcast because as far as I know right now, <laughs> none of you three have written a book. Am I right? <laughs> Has Lance written a book? Not yet. <clears throat> I've written Not pamphlets. Yet. Pamphlets? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 40, 40 page it's pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have um, my wife who is 
turned into an avid runner and her um, mantra for this year was try the try. Now, rewind back about two or three years ago, she started a little local running group here and you might have even heard of it. It's a a chapter of a, a more of a national group called Moms Run This Town. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I she, ha- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she started the one here in the, the Camas Vancouver area. And then today, now she's got over 400 women they're in this group. They're killing it. Yeah. It's, it, it's just so ridiculous. It's nuts how many women are in there. And they're doing such great things. So this year, they're doing the try the try. And I'm hoping that a lot of them um, listen to this podcast and will actually um, you know, pick up your book. So if, if you could just give a little quip to these women about why this book would be a good thing for them to pick up and read, um, let us know right now. Yeah. So, um, this book will take you through every single thing you need to know to start training for a triathlon, to get to race day, to finish your first triathlon. Um, it it covers the mental game, family, the family dynamic. You've got a training plan that you can make your own. Um, it kind of gives you a structure, but you can move everything around at the, at the back of the book. It's, there's a training plan for you. Um, I've got an expert nutritionist who's, who's in there, Dina Griffin, who is amazing. She's also known as the nutrition mechanic. Um, she's got a whole chapter on really practical nutritional advice, not for weight loss, but for like, you know, the whole health concept, Mm -hmm. but everything you need to know about getting a bike, what kind of bike do you need? What kind of goggles do you need? What kind of sports bra do you need? What do you wear on race day? All of that is in there along with my ridiculous sense of humor and all the mistakes I made. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't have to make them. Um, but it really is a, a, just a girl, a woman to woman guide, for getting to your finish line. I think that's great stuff. My um, wife has been like diligently going through this process, but at the same time, she just is like in no man's land. It's like yeah. as many resources as she can get her hands on, the better because, I mean, she's never swam before. So, I mean, she yeah. had to basically learn from scratch. Not, I mean, she knew how to swim, but like actually swimming competitively, she didn't mm-hmm. know anything about that. Yeah. And thankfully I've been able to be a resource for her for the bike. And I know that she's been watching all of uh, Matt here with us. He's got a great YouTube channel. She's mm-hmm. been watching all of his videos and picking up on all his little tips and tricks and whatnot. So it'll be great to uh, get your book in her hands and I'm sure she will um, yeah, that's share a with, with big her friends. group and they're yeah. all just trying to do their very first triathlon. Yeah. So there's a lot. Oh of gosh. I would love to help. Just let, drop me into that group. I'll, I'll do, <laughs> Whatever. You will, you I mean, will I'm definitely, glad to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get to, to train a, a, a good group of them actually, Meredith, and you, you will, your name will definitely be dropped. And I, I'm glad because there's plenty of things I cannot relate to that they're going through. Most things that they're going through, I can't relate to. So being oh, able have to have a, a resource like I have a webinar that I frequently do, like I'll drop into Facebook groups for just this purpose. And it's good. like an hour and a half. And I go through the swim, bike, run, um, race day and everything you need to know. And it's, it's, oh, they stupid would love funny that. and fun yeah. i'm glad we glad should definitely set that up for that. Yeah. yeah they they would love that and it is a big very fast growing group yeah yeah it's gonna be fun and any help you can give her to deal with me and her busy schedule <laughs> would be fantastic i mean she uh she works full-time and she's now training full-time and she's putting up with me full-time and and just trying to get through life so i think this could be a good uh, resource for her so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the book really does break it down into the simplest of things. Like even, you know, when, when you and I look at a swim workout, we're like, oh, you know, two by 230 seconds, blah, blah, blah. Like I break it down. Like I explain what a swim set is yeah. like two by 20. What does That's this mean? Nice. And, so you, you know, what does a length <laughs> versus a lap? I mean, it's, yeah. it's broken down so simply. 
that in like literally anyone can do a triathlon. Well, and it's intimidating too, right? Like you show up on the pool deck and there's someone and they're like, here's the workout. You're going to do descending 300s, you know, yeah. and then do this. One arm pull drill 50, like, right <laughs> arm, left arm back. It's like, like, oh my God, okay. I already forgot it. They're not, they're not speaking English, first of all. Yeah. Right. Second I'm just going to follow like, what the person in front of me is doing. Where do you go to learn that stuff, right? Yeah. Like other than, you know. Back like, in time to when you're six years old and you go on a swim team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice to have that resource. Okay. Well, hey, let's get into our first topic here. Um, and that's going to be, and I'm going to kind of, modify this just a sure. tiny bit because I think that um, Meredith can speak to this. Um, getting more women involved in cycling, and here's my a little addition, and triathlon. And triathlon. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you don't hear me say that too often, so, <laughs> being the cycling guy here. Um, l- l- let's talk about that. How do we get more women involved in these two different disciplines or arenas? Um, yeah. Meredith, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say because obviously that's, that's your jam. That's what you do, and that's yeah. what you're doing right now. So any anything right off the top of your head that you can share with us? Well, I think just encouraging women to like the benefits that are theirs personally from taking on a sport. I mean, you know, I joke getting away from the kids, but truly to take an hour and get on your bike and on, you know, finding a safe place and riding and feeling the wind and the sun. I mean, that is therapy. That will save you hundreds of dollars a month. (laughs) You just, you know, take that time. And I always said, with the pool, the pool is the best kept secret for athlete moms because when you're underwater, no one can get you. Like <laughs> you can't. They, you know, until they stick their little hand in the pool, or or the childcare people come and find you. But <laughs> that time in the pool is when there's just the sound of of the bubbles and, you know, the time on the bike when there's just the sound of air. I mean, if you're a new mom out there listening or just a woman with a hard job and and you hear nothing but noise, I mean, just take a minute and close your eyes and imagine what it would feel like to hear just water or to hear just wind. And that's all this is. But at the same time, you're getting a workout and your body is getting to move. And so I didn't, I didn't start, cycling or triathlon for the sport or the competition, I started it for literally to find some time to myself. And and that's what it promises. And it's there for you every time. And mm-hmm. that's what that's what I say to get into it. Because as, as busy women, that's really what we want is just some time to ourselves without like hands coming under the bathroom door. <laughs> <laughs> There's, you know, Mer- Meredith, me, uh, Matt, Matt and I actually on the drive over here, we're talking about kind of the, 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 the healthy mental approach to this sport. And I think you nailed it on the head with just talking about the, the escape aspect of it Absolutely. instead of, yeah. instead of treating it as something you're trapped in doing like, Oh, I'm trapped in this pool and I have to do this three K workout. I think for the, the women you're speaking to, that's, that's their escape. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the second you start that kind of rhetoric in your head, mm-hmm. I have to, and I just wrote an article about this. I call it the have to mindset. Once you get into that mindset that you have to, you're in the wrong mindset. You're in the wrong headspace and you need to dial it back because you get to and you are mm-hmm. blessed to. And, and you know, so many people in this world can't for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And if we if you're able bodied and heck, even if you're not, there's options, too. But I mean, get out of that have to mindset and realize what a unique opportunity you have to go out and ride your bike or to get in a pool or mm-hmm. to put on your running shoes and just go for a walk, a run walk. I mean, these are all things that we able-bodied women often take for granted because we're a little fat 
or we're a little overweight or we don't want someone to see us in a bathing suit, like that is wasted time. I mean, I would give anything to go back to how fat I was in high school, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I just wasted time there. And so, you know, you only have this one body. We're not getting any younger. Use it. No matter what it looks like, just put your bathing suit on and go get in the pool and feel that weightlessness and, and the time to yourself. That, that's where the magic is. Yeah. And you know what? Mm-hmm. That transcends genders. I mean, that's for guys too right there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know you definitely have Not all of them. I see a I... couple at the gym here. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think with some guys that that, that gene is missing, the, <laughs> the knowing what you look like at times, which is I think many people are very jealous of. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Meredith, how do we get that message out to more women? I mean, we try to on this podcast. We, you know, we've definitely talked about this topic before, and we've, you know, we've tried to come up with solutions and things like that. But it's definitely tricky to get that message out to more people that yeah. this isn't a, you know, it's not necessarily a guys' club, and like we don't want it to be a guys' club. Like we, mm-hmm. how do we encourage more people into the sport? Yeah. I mean, I, I think again, it's just having examples of women like myself, like your, you know, I don't think it was your wife. I I have a hard time. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, just having women out there doing it, seeing people like us. And then, you know, if, if you find a resource, like for example, my book, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that you Mm -hmm. find helpful, like pay it forward. I mean, I, I met a girl a couple years ago who came up to me and she's like, Oh, I have your book. I got it from a friend who gave it to a friend who, who I think I, I'm like the seventh owner of this book. And I'm like, wow, That's cool. I wish you had all bought that. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, still really yeah. cool. Yeah. But to have a book that was handed to seven different people, yeah. And not because they didn't like it. You know, right. that's, I think, us all talking about it and saying, like, this really benefited me and not in a competitive way. Mm-hmm. And also just, you know, and, and this this is hard for women to do because we don't want to offend other women. And some women do get offended. But I'll see someone at the gym, and I'm notorious for this, if they look like they might need to do triathlon. If they have like the 10 mile mom stare, Mm -hmm. I will talk to them and I'll be like, Oh, I saw you swimming. Do you want to do a triathlon? You know, and and most of them are like, God, lady, you don't even have any clothes on. Why are you talking to me? (laughs) Um, But I've done that with a lot of people and Mm -hmm. it's amazing how many people are listening. And then they'll come back, you know, 10 months later and, and grab me on the treadmill and they'll say, Oh, I signed up for a triathlon. Um, and you know, lifetime fitness has the indoor Mm -hmm. triathlons and, Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of YMCAs are doing them too, but just grabbing a friend, um, you know, and saying, let's go do this. Yeah. Let's go do this together. It'll be a hoot and we'll really suck at it, but then we'll go eat ice cream. You know, (laughs) see, I would, I think, I think, you know, in the head there, Meredith with this saying like, Hey, we'll go suck at this because triathlon seems to do a really good job, at least from what I've seen in getting women into the sport more comfortably cycling i think is the sport that's is struggling with that right now to a but, certain degree yeah, yeah cuz i think visibility with triathlon too if you look at it if you're watching the kona broadcast you know for the pro race or the pros the women are just as visible as the men yeah. I know people who could probably name more female pros than they could male pros yeah, yeah. which is i mean there are many sports in the world like that I mean, really, like, I mean, th- th- think about what sports out there. You could probably name as many female yeah. pros as you could male running pros. Is good. There's some sports that are running similar, is definitely. But, yeah. But swimming cy- would be a cycling one. is cycling oh, is horrible. Well, cycling's intimidating. I it mean, is, especially yeah. when your local, 
you know, I was a, I was a strong cyclist. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, but I'm hearing you guys say, yeah, I just went out and killed like 28 miles per hour. I'm like, Oh no, like <laughs> cannot ride with well, you. Well, I think, I think, I think that's the, the, well, cycling also <laughs> has a much longer history than triathlon right. does a much, 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 much longer yeah. history. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking, you know, early 1900s, it was probably mostly a men's club. Like, well, but, was, but here's yeah. the, the counter argument to that is like yeah. running's the same thing. Where running as you write. They yep. didn't allow mm-hmm. women to run marathons. And then you look back and like, that was stupid. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. The, and then now we have women winning women are, ultra marathons now. And yeah, yeah, yeah they're <laughs> I think it's runners. hard for, especially if you don't have a gal pal to go to the local cycling shop mm-hmm. for the quote unquote no drop ride. I mean, the biggest complaint yeah. I've yeah. heard is yeah. I went to a no drop ride and I was dropped yeah. because I think that I think you, we've got to have women stepping up and leading women yeah. no drop rides because absolutely a, a female no drop ride is just not the same as a dude no drop ride yeah um yeah. it's it's just it's not male cyclists are fast and i know plenty of fast female cyclists too but i mean in the best shape i was out there putting down 21 maybe 22 miles an hour but that was you know that that's like the midweek mm-hmm. slow ride for for some of these shops and so I, I think to answer your question, how do we get more women involved is we have to have female leaders, you know, leading these rides and making it not intimidating. I know I know a lot of men are bridging the gap and, and making rides truly no drop and, and making them non intimidating. But it, mm-hmm. it's just there's a discrepancy, I think. Yeah. You're, you're, you're and right. then the outfits—they're just not that cute. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not that cute on us either, really. I mean, like, no guy looks that great in a cycling kit. Speak for yourself. I look terrible in a cycling <laughs> kit. <laughs> oh, I think they're better than triathlon kits, though. Oh, there's yeah. just no material there. But there's kind of in triathlon. There's like an embracing of it. You know, it's like none of us are wearing clothes right now. This is fine. Right. So <laughs> this, this I is mean, horrible. That's a big this barrier. Let's be yeah. real. When you're when you're talking to women, yeah. they don't don't want to put on spandex like it's horrible you know yeah. so so i actually um marathon i'm from ohio originally and for years and years the athena and clydesdale national championship has been in grand rapids michigan mm-hmm. so it's also a really really competitive uh, uh half iron distance race too so i'd always go there for that race but it was awesome to see i mean I think I think it was always over three four hundred competitors in the Athena and Clydesdale com- d- divisions, and it was yeah. awesome. Now, I mean, you know, you had some big people in there in their wetsuits, and you know, I mean, it was like the fr- we, we we used to always joke the front line was like you were not getting past that front line. It was <laughs> it was I mean it, it it was different being you know somebody who's a little bit smaller getting into those triathlons, but it was so cool to see that group of people out there just killing it. Yeah. 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 And it's so funny. That is such a, I I don't think for the guys as much, but for women, the Athena distinction is so interesting because some of us identify proudly as Athena. The cutoff is 165 pounds. I was was about to ask what the weight cutoff was. Yeah. Yeah, 165 pounds, really? <laughs> that seems yeah. light to me. That's like, 165 pounds is not that heavy. <laughs> no. Well, that's for really women. So the What's the cutoff is, for men? Do you know 220 for men? Okay. I think it's 220. It was Still, 200. I think it's 220. Sound. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting um, coming coming from weightlifting where we had weight classes. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of weight divisions. I wish triathlons were divided. I wish everyone had to weigh because then you're competing against like people. 
Yeah. You know, like I, to me, I would love I to not have, have to run against run a guy who weighs 125 pounds. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to race against a girl who's 113 pounds. I want to race against a girl who's 185. I'll take her down. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, get, um, get. but it's really divisive. Like women don't want to, they either proudly identify as Athena or they want nothing to do with it yeah. because it's yeah. based on this, this weight thing. But to me, I think the, you know, we should just identify where we are, race with where we are but um yeah that's a that's a sticky subject for a lot of people Mm -hmm. so we've touched on you know pulling women into the sport and trying to make it as accommodating as possible but what about setting the table for the future by way of getting more juniors young women involved in the sport at a younger age how do you how do you recommend we do that um i think some of the the best things are you know obviously the girls on the run programs that they're they're getting girls to be runners at a young age mm-hmm. but there's so many great kids triathlons and just mm-hmm. taking your toddler on their tricycle to go do one of these races i, I think it's just up to uh, you know us as parents and uncles and teachers even to just expose kids to it because you can watch the kids you know that are five and six and you can see the future of triathlon there and then you can see the ones whose parents drug them there like my son who <laughs> is drives by on his or rides by on his bike and sticks his tongue out at me because he's angry <laughs> um but you know just exposing kids to the the fun of it and and being a good sport and a good steward of the sport as a parent i mean that's so important you know they are watching all the time. And if you're out there having a bad attitude when you're training, your kids are going to pick up on that too. So it's just about setting the example, I think, across the board. I totally agree with that. You know, with respect to cycling, we we, we talked about like, well, why aren't there as many women out there? We talked about it being a little bit intimidating. I I think uh, there's another underlying current there in that um, a lot of the women who are avid cyclists, I'm not saying all of them by any means at all, but a lot of them come from a sports background and they Mm -hmm. fell into the sport because they got injured. And mm-hmm. their yeah. doctor slash yeah. physical therapist told them, hey, you're, you're going to have to stop running and start, mm-hmm. you know, doing something different. Cycling's perfect. It's low impact. And they end up falling in love with the sport and decide, like, you know what? I'm actually pretty darn good at this. And I'm going to pursue mm-hmm. it and see where that takes me. Um, so that's one segment. I think the other segment is the parent who stops and presses pause on their life and takes the time to take their kids out and ride bikes with them. Mm-hmm. So yes. I think that that's another thing that we can do as parents for our kids. Not only is it going to lend itself to a healthy future for our kids, because we know how long we can cycle in life, um, but you're setting the table for them to be active cyclists for from the time that you start working with them as a little kid all the way through the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And they will in turn then kind of infect their friends with that cycling bug. And I think that you can you know, say the same thing with respect to triathlon. If you're a mm-hmm. triathlete and you press pause and you take your kid out to start getting them engaged in events, then I think that's a great thing here locally. And I'll let Matt speak to this because he knows this probably better than I do. Um, why racing events actually does something where they let kids race for free. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is new this year and, um, mm-hmm. the local race event organizer organizer, and it's kind of like the greater Portland area. They have some events and, you know, uh, further out, but, um, they do a really good job. They put on about 10 triathlon. Yeah. Well, they mm-hmm. put on about maybe eight, probably maybe eight season. triathlon maybe events. Eight. And then maybe they also 10. do, they know, do yeah. a, a marathon and they do a whole bunch of running events mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, they just, just decided this year, like kids race for free. Like, and I just thought, cause they've done, they do some really nice things where they do like a splash and dash where they have 
like a, one of those like blow up houses and they fill it with water and then <laughs> so they so they splash through that and then they get on their bikes and they so they oh, have that's cool yeah, yeah they have a whole bunch of really cool events and they also have some you know um i think your kids jake have done like that columbia yeah. river yep. race where they swim in the river and they don't swim very far but then they get out and they're on their bikes and stuff so they have some cool events and i thought it was really nice of them to just be like yep it's free because I, I mean i'm sure they were making money on that oh yeah event, for sure and there so. was a lot of kids out there too a lot of kids that yeah. do it mm-hmm. for sure super nice of them to do that i mean you know um for any of our listeners if they want to check it out it's whyevents.com I mean, we should definitely plug them for yep. anytime good people do good things we definitely want to you know make it known for sure so good um i do have a question though and and maybe meredith can help me out with this one something that i get from a lot of parents or people that are kind of savvy in, in the know with respect to working with juniors is that working with girls um, they typically have a hard time gravitating to the sport because it's very male dominant in terms of like the coach or the the leader or the protagonist who's putting the the ride together or the training program together or working with these junior programs. They want a woman to work a woman to work with them, and there just aren't a lot of them out there to be had. So yeah. I, I guess part of my question is, well, you know, yeah, we, we need to get more women in there and coaching and, and attracting these kids in. But how is it that like myself as a team director and, and being a male, how can I better connect with these younger women? And to get them interested in coming out and doing some more racing with us and making it a, a, a more inviting atmosphere for them. Not that it's uninviting, but making them want to come back for more and not having this whole mantra of like, I don't want to work with men, <laughs> you know, kind of. Yeah. Thing. So mm-hmm. how can we how can we get around that? I don't know. I mean, that, that's a really good question. I mean, coming from weightlifting, I was I was a youth in a male dominated sport at the time and all my coaches were male. And so, you know, I didn't have a lot of experience with female coaches, but I, I went to high school with a girl named Marcy who runs part of wecoach.org. And, and that their organization is actually built to help bring more female coaches into sports in general and at all levels. And so they might actually be a really good resource for you. Um, Mm -hmm. we coach is the name, but, um, you know, again, I think you just need those one or two and I hate the word ambassador because everyone's using it right now, but (laughs) ambassadors to the sport, you know, you have that 15 year old girl who loves cycling. Like how can you put her in that sort of senior ambassador role for younger kids. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's what we, we have to look, look to, we have to look to these models. Um, you know, if you have a, a great young female professional cyclist that we can start highlighting, like getting press coverage. I mean, that's when gymnastics booms and swimming and all these yeah, sports yeah. because they have role models. Kids will not gravitate towards someone they cannot model. And I think once you get that going, you'll start having more coaches as well. I think it's actually might be the reverse. Um, It might be the role model that needs to come before the coach. I don't know. You're right. I think, and that's, and that's kind of the the point I was trying to make there is if you think swimming, running and triathlon, we can all think of like a big, very successful, visible woman in all those sports. I mean, Chrissy Wellington in triathlon. Right. Katie Ledecky. On Katie swimming. Ledecky. Sure. And so, I mean, plenty of women in swimming yeah. and in running. I mean, you know, in this region, Shalane, you know, I mean, there's, sure. you know, Shalane Gwen Jorgensen now. There's yeah. very visible runners like in, in this region. Cycling I, is hard. Yeah. So that's all. <laughs> there you go. That's that. that that's the question. Cycling is hard. Good luck. That's, all, that's all they need. They, clone Kristen Armstrong or something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Armstrong yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, well, they need to be cares, you know, because that's the thing is it's not just the talent because there's plenty of incredibly fast yeah. cycling women out there. It's, it's got to be this charismatic. I mean, you look at 
I know this is controversial, but Lance, I mean, Lance, when Lance Armstrong came onto the scene in America, that's yeah. when American cycling had a uptick. huge bubble. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. there was like, like Greg LeMond was visible, but yep. yeah. Greg LeMond was not the character that Lance Armstrong is. He well, was not this different time frame too. I mean, yeah. You know, there. Well, we need to get Lindsay Vaughn because she's retiring. That's from a skating, good point. Yeah. So we need, and she's yeah. a powerhouse. Yep. Like she just needs to be a cyclist. Yeah. So I'll get on that. <laughs> give her, give her one year. Just get her. On. There you go. Let her rest. Let her yeah. heal up, and then make her a cyclist. Perfect. Yeah. Sweet. She would kill it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a great plan. You we, heard it first here. We were just talking about this too. We need to get retired female rowers to all jump on bikes too. They're incredibly yeah. fit. Just get them on bicycles. There you go. You can make a pro cycling team in yeah. one year. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, though. You should get one of these bike companies behind your idea. Go pitch it. Be yeah. like, you j- we just need six bikes. We'll yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else to, uh, to add to that? Getting more women and, and young women involved in the sport of cycling and triathlon? Um, I, you know, I think just to say it's not as bad as you think it is as an adult to learn to ride a bike. Um <laughs> I was a kid who grew up in a really small cul-de-sac and I went from trash can to trash can because I couldn't use my brakes. So I would just ride and hit the trash can, get off and hit the next trash can. And I mean, I kid you not, my mom still jokes like every every time I go out for a ride, she's like, rub the neighbors, put their trash cans up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really, mom? I, yeah, I'm like done for. And prints okay. of yourself in each yard along the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, it's like everything um, th- that feels hard. Once you're in the middle of it, it, it gets easier. And the same with swimming. And I think you just, it's not, cycling is not as hard. The freedom greatly outweighs the, the pain of learning, like just get on, get on a bike, a bike, any bike. And I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing too, is there's this perceived barrier to entry that you need some sort of fancy bike, yeah. but all you need is to get on a bike and that fits you reasonably well with right. pump tires. Um, but to learn that love of cycling and that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Let's jump into one last thing. We'll run around the table here and uh, have our parting thoughts before we say goodbye. Lance, one last thing. Is- um, I just wanted to plug Meredith Atwood's two uh, great things she's got going on. Yeah. Her podcast, which is called The Same 24 Hours. She has had numerous fantastic guests on there. I like that title. That's a very cool title. Meredith. Same 24 yeah. Hours. Yeah. And then also her book. Um, when it comes out, go pick up a copy. It's called Triathlon for the Every Woman. So we're Mm -hmm. super happy to have you on the show, Meredith. It's been great speaking with you for sure. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Evan, one last thing. So keeping with the, with the, um, uh, women in endurance sports here, I have a very good friend of mine from back in Ohio. Who's a professional triathlete. Her name's Nikki Luce. Uh, she just competed in New Zealand Ironman. Oh, um, she yeah. she finished the race, which was awesome because this woman had um, a few years ago a battle with breast cancer, survived oh. it, and came back to professional triathlon. So she was a professional triathlete, was diagnosed with breast cancer, took a year away from the sport, and then came back and is killing it again. And it's wow. And her yeah. race was okay. She, yeah, she, she, she was, I think there were 14 women. She was 11th out of there, okay. which was, I mean, just awesome that she was even able to finish, you know, the, the, the race at that level. But, yeah. um, yeah, everybody, any, anybody listen to this, go, go ahead and follow her, uh, her Instagram and Facebook, uh, Nikki loose pro triathlete is how you can find her. And she is, uh, uh, you know, just an, an, an inspiration to definitely the Midwestern triathlon scene. And that's why, 
you know, I think I knew that there were a lot of women in the sport of triathlon because I came from a region that has visible people like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very cool that she, she's got her first one under the belt this season. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's Matt, one last thing. Yeah. Um, I put out a couple of videos recently, uh, but this Wednesday, basically the day that this podcast will come out, we think, um, I'm going to drop a video about being kind of new to swimming. I mean, we talked a lot on this particular podcast, like how do we get new people into this? And I think swimming is, is pretty intimidating. And a lot of times what I hear people say is like, I get in the water, I swim down the lane and back and I'm absolutely exhausted. And, mm -hmm. and like, that was me. Like, that's totally my story. You know, like I was a runner growing up, like I knew the endurance was there, but like, I was like, I get in the water and I cannot go for more than like a minute or two without mm -hmm. just like holding on to the lane lines. Mm -hmm. um, and so the video is basically like that concept, like here's what you should do, like work on your breathing, work on, you know, go through a couple of little suggestions or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think I finished with um, some sort of like super simple 1000 meter workout that you can do and roll with. So look for that video on Wednesday. Nice. Matt, where can I watch that video at? I, I, I don't uh, know. <laughs> Uh, you have you, a YouTube channel? Oh, you're yes. on YouTube? You're a YouTuber. Huh? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty famous. This is what your uh, kids want to be when they grow up, right? <laughs> it's youtube.com slash mlegrand, M-L-E-G-R-A-N-D. Uh, and um, I had, I think currently there's some like um, training camp videos. that Those are, were like, excellent. Those yeah, were he's got part one and part two of the California trip. California trip. Yeah. So a lot of biking stuff. So more fun things to come for sure. All right. Meredith Atwood, one last thing, please. Yeah. Oh, I have to say something? <laughs> yes, well, good. You don't have to. If she doesn't have one last thing, this I This is like, better oh, when it's on the spot. Thing. Go. <laughs> uh, uh, well, okay. So the subtitle of my book is You Can Be a Triathlete. Yes, you. So my last thing is you can be fill in the blank, whatever you really want to be. Cool. Yes, you. And, and that's kind of the mantra for me. That is the one last thing. Awesome. awesome. Love, love that. It. Yeah, I love that. My one last thing. Jack Frost time trial oh, yeah. is coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. First race of the season, the, the unofficial start to the road racing season, albeit it's a time trial. Um, so good luck to everybody going out and doing that. But we've got some unfinished business here. Matt, what's our bet? Oh. oh. And let me let me preface that with I will not be on a time trial bike this year. Okay, I was wondering um, if that would I'm be gonna, the case. I'm going to run the Eddie class one more time for a couple different reasons. Uh, most it. notably is I that there's so. still not a drive train on, drive train on my <laughs> TT bike. Okay. Uh, that's kind of another story in itself, which has a cool ending. But I will be on my road bike, and I will um, try and get second place for the fourth year in a row. <laughs> okay, Here, here's, here's what I think we should do. I think we should go straight up. Straight up, I'm, I'm straight down with up. That. Yep. We've done that in the past. I yes. think we've done that in the past couple of years. So, yeah. um, so for those of you guys that don't know what we're talking about, uh, time trial. I get all the arrow gear that you can throw a stick at. Like that's arrow <laughs> helmet, arrow wheels, arrow bike, blah blah. You know, like I put money into this sport. Let's see what it can do for me. Uh, Jake gets none of that. No, and, Jake um, gets a road bike and a helmet. Road yes. bike, yeah. And so, um, so that's the the bet. And then um, Jake has always beat me. I have not yet. I've not yet pulled it off, but we're going to go even time. So whatever, who has, whoever has the fastest time and let's go like a six pack of LaCroix or some sort of bubbly water type thing. Well, you know what? They, I, I don't get them anywhere else, but at Costco and they come in like a two case pack. Was, uh -huh. who, how about this? Whoever, a case? Um, you guys should really try the polar orange vanilla flavor. It would really change your perspective <laughs> on the look, on how the about, look crap. How about, um, the loser has to buy like the, some sort of sparkling water for the podcast. 
Ooh. Done deal, my friend. Or <laughs> orange vanilla. <laughs> <I like it. sighs> okay, oh, that good. could be fun. All right, that is a wrap, folks. And one more time, Merida, thank you so much for joining us. It was oh, awesome. Thank you. This was fun. Good. Was awesome fun. talking with you. And I'm really looking forward to your book coming out. And I will definitely make sure that we share that all over the place, especially with my wife's running group. That's going to be fantastic for them. So, Excellent. Um, we will uh, catch you guys all next week. You guys here at the table, thank you again for coming back for yet another one. We've been doing this for about a year now, about if you year? can believe that. Is this, absolutely what not, number is this? Is this 50, 50, 53 or 4? Three or, or 4, know, yeah. Like that, yeah. But I think it oh. was uh, our next podcast will be our one-year anniversary, which is kind of neat. So Woo. there's a few of them in the bank. But Anyway, thank mm-hmm. you everybody for listening. We will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Bye.